the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Pastor Joe Sutton uh, getting down, winding down this nice, nice, beautiful April weather that we're having. Uh, <laughs> this week, we didn't see snow flurries. I didn't see ice bullets. I didn't see everything. I won't even call it hell. It was too cold to be hell. It was called an ice bullet that was coming down. And, and uh, it just makes you wonder, after them, after them teaser days we got back in, in early March, and you thought it was just going to be nice, good weather, and it's just over. You know, and for those of us who do spring sports, you know, I went to watch my son's uh, first baseball game, and, and uh and I'm, I I got there late, and I'm so glad I did because I was about ready to go, and it was like two innings, and it was over. <laughs> I was like, I could, it was like this is too cold to be watching baseball. You know, it's just like watching these guys out there struggling and and knowing that you know we start track practice this this Saturday, and uh and you know and we don't do our weekly practice till May cause, and for for reasons such as what we're seeing outside now. But uh, I just want to sit there and talk to you today and just looking at uh, Isaiah 61. And, and as the weather is, we are in spring. You know, we see buds popping on the trees and we see things coming forward. And, and uh, we can look forward to, you know, uh, we, we've been delayed with our cabin fever. But, you know, to get out there and, and uh, just to enjoy life, and as most Minnesotans love to do, enjoy the lakes and everything like that. You know, I just want to put us in remembrance of the fact that this is also a a, a season where, you know, in this part of the country, we get to see people, you know, in the wintertime, people come out all bungled up, wrapped up. And uh, you might not get a chance to say you, your neighbor ain't going to hold a whole long conversation with you as he's shoveling his snow or, or taking snow off his car or doing whatever. But in the uh, spring and summertime, it's just a time to socialize and, and have a good time. You know, I remember on my old block because uh, I, I, I moved for about this is my second year in my new house. And uh, you kind of miss that old neighborhood because you built those relationships with those neighbors. And, and uh, you know, and we would share stuff out of our gardens with each other. And and uh, somebody was cooking something special. You know, we would get there, you know, and Lord knows my, my neighbors, you know, next door, you know, when they would uh, fire up them, 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 them egg rolls, you know, they knew the, or some duck. They knew to come over and uh, hook, hook a brother up. And so and vice versa, you know, we just do things for each other. And 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 that's just the beginning of of to me of what being a believer is all about. We're supposed to be an intricate part of our community, and and understanding our our community. And and maybe not everything we do is an open declaration of the gospel, you know, where we're uh, giving a plan of salvation or something like that. But our lifestyles, how we live, how we treat our children, how we treat our wives, uh, how we work at work, everything like that is 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 a living witness to the power of Jesus Christ in our life. 
And and as we come up on this time in the season, I think it's it's good that we sit down. I don't know about your church, but at our church, we're we're starting to plan some of the things we do. We do a Friday night uh, feed where we provide dinner for the community, and they come out, and you know we serve them, and uh, you know we just have a meal just to get just to get to know our neighbors, you know, because people move into the neighborhood, people don't know, and come in, and we sit down and. And, uh, you know, and, and mainly, you know, it's a bunch of kids that come because we're right across the street from a playground. So this is like, oh, I get some food and something to drink because I'm thirsty. And they come over and, uh, you know, we just we just share with them. We just love on them. And we do do a, a comprehensive kids program in the summer. So we get a lot of kids, uh, you know, from the neighborhood and doing things like that. But, and, you know, the main thing I want to talk to you today about, I want to go back to Isaiah 61. You know, sometimes when you, you're doing a um a radio show or a preaching series or anything like that, you know, you, the events of the day, you know, come at you and, and crowd. And I have to admit that I had a little bit of heaviness in my heart, um, you know, this week. Uh, you know, I found out uh, last Friday that a very good friend of mine, you know, who, uh, you know, who we were friends in college. And, and I witnessed to him and shared the gospel with him. And, you know, he ended up becoming a pastor. And, uh, you know, we would communicate a lot and, you know, you know, just knows my children, you know, just everything like that. Uh, you know, he even has a special spot in his heart for the, 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 the you know, you get that one child in your family you want to strangle, you know, but that's his favorite, you know. And, uh, but, you know, he uh, had a massive heart attack and passed away. You know, as some of you know, uh, you know, my part of my lifestyle now is that I have to deal with kidney failure and I have to go to dialysis uh, three days a week. Uh, I've been good. God has blessed me, you know, beyond measure, you know, that I am not your normal dialysis patient. You know what I mean? I'm not that way. You know, there's a healing going on in my body. Uh, I've rejected transplants because I'm just believing God for healing. And uh, and my body is getting stronger and stronger and can sustain me better and better. You know, to the tune sometimes where I don't even eat dialysis three days a week. But he was on dialysis also. And uh and dialysis is bad on your heart. You know, 35 to 40% of dialysis patients die of heart attack. And it's bad on your heart. And he found out he had a weak heart. And yet he had, he needed dialysis. And, uh, but he didn't, you know, and he didn't share that with many people. And, uh, you know, he was just doing what he does best, you know, preaching and everything like that. I got lost trying to find this church. It was a little church out in the country down in Florida. And uh, got lost one Sunday trying to find a church to just to go there and listen to him preach. And uh, and now I'm going to a funeral, you know, this this weekend, and I'll be there and uh, trying to console family and friends and do that kind of thing like that. But it took me back to Isaiah 61. You know, I was reading Isaiah this this week. You know, and there's a verse in Isaiah that says that God will take the righteous early, so that they won't have to suffer the things that are to come. And you know, and the verse brought me a little bit of comfort. But I went back to thinking like. What what is our legacy? What what do we what what do we leave behind? You know, uh, you've heard me say this before. In the midst of all the shouting and praising, and Bible studies and preaching, and and witnessing and outreach and all like that, what what does you can do all that in heaven? You know what I mean? Why does God leave us here? Why does what does He want us to accomplish upon this earth? Why is why is it so important for our presence to be in this earth? And I think one one of the reasons can be found in Isaiah sixty one verse four. And uh, in Isaiah 61, verse four, after um, the, the the poor have heard the good news and broken hearts are healed and, you know, you get beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness and will become great oaks that the Lord has planted. It goes to say in verse four, they will rebuild 
the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. You know, and I see verse four and, and I look at that, that, that the, 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 the purpose or the, the, the whole goal of being whole in Christ, of walking the highway of holiness to, 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 to being led by the spirit of God is, is, is not to get brownie points and to say how spiritual we are or, you know, what revelation we're getting or to get caught up in things like the, uh, the church of Corinth. But is God wants us to rebuild this thing. You know, he, he's, he's looking for us to rebuild this thing. And it is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm urban, you know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, I'm, I describe myself as urban. I describe myself as urban before I describe myself as, as African American or anything else. You know, you know, I'm, I'm urban because I, I really feel that, 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 that God has called me to help rebuild, you know, those ancient ruins. And, and the ruins are not necessarily uh, the infrastructure, the physical infrastructure of a city. But I'm talking about the ruins that generations of, 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 of that happen when, when generations don't follow God. When you, you get to these things that go there and, you know, to come into a family. I was, I was, I was telling my wife the, the other day, I said, uh, you know, when you come into a family and you get to a family and you can change a life and you change that family's life and that change affects their children and it affects people around them. And, and you don't see the effect now, but when you start adding it up, you know, over generations, the impact becomes greater and greater and greater. And and so sometimes we get caught up in numbers. You know, I was talking to somebody today, but well, I didn't get enough numbers. I don't care about numbers anymore. You know what I mean? What I care about is changing somebody, you know, um, you know, I just looking back at even, and I, I know in my own children, I have three children that I adopted and I just look at how their life is so much different. You know what I mean? Growing up with us, growing up in that environment, growing up, uh, you know, quote unquote, in this Christian home, you know what I mean? With this uh, drill sergeant daddy, you know what I mean? <laughs> who, who who makes you get good grades and makes you, you know, you know, uh, spend time with God or whatever like that. And then to see them now as adults and what they came out of, you know, to, to understand what they came out of. I mean, won't tell their business, all their business on the air, but they know I will do it. But not today. I do it another day. I bring them in here and, and tell their business. But, but you know, to come from the adverse background that they did to be wards of the state, you know, no parents and everything like that. And now they're all great parents. Um, you know, they're, they're advanced degrees, you know, from special ed to advanced degrees, from from a crack baby to an MBA, you know what I mean? And, and loving the Lord, doing ministry, uh, impacting others. And that's the other thing is that not just being selfish and enjoying the fruits of your labor, but, you know, my daughter and her husband, they got seven kids, but yet every week they're feeding homeless people, you know, uh, you know, down in Florida. You know, my other son, he, you know, he, he works in a school district, but he, he coaches kids. He just don't coach them. He gets into their life. He lets them, you know, him and his wife, let them spend the night at their house. They intervene in family problems. You know, they're, they're there. They're, they're, they're making mark, making difference. And, you know, and, and I told my wife, what if we had decided that we didn't want them in our house? We, know, we just didn't want to, you know, adopt any children. You know, you know, I'm pretty sure God would have found somebody to step up. But in the meantime, but because we did step up, not only is their life changed, you know what I mean, but even their parents' life was changed. We ministered to ministered to their parents. We found their parents and ministered to them. And, and you know, and it, it's created an effect 
that has changed the whole lifestyle of that family for generations. You know, now there are ruins out there for generations. Oh, man. When I look at the fact of the matter that we as men have lost our natural mind when it comes to taking care of our kids and our family. You know, we have a mantra in my house. Women can do what they want to do. Men do what they have to do. If you tell me you're doing something because you want to do it, then I'm calling you a little woman or a little girl because that ain't what you do. A man does what he has to do. You know what I mean? You got a kid, you have to take care of it. I don't care whether you like the mama or not. That ain't the issue. <laughs> you're going to do what you have to do. You know what I mean? You're going to do what you have to do. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it on the front end. You know what I mean? Because if a man just starts doing what he wants to do, a man is a very selfish individual. You know what I mean? And he's a very selfish individual. He can go start another family, and we've seen it. You know, he'll start another family somewhere else and never come back. You know, because we got a gear inside of us where we can cut emotion off. You know what I mean? We got a leadership gear in us, that warrior gear, that I can't be emotional. I got to be able to go out there and, 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 and kill me, you know, 50, 60 of the enemy, and then come home and hug my wife and play with my kids. You know what I mean? I can't bring... I, you know, David wouldn't, they, you read David's songs, you'll never know he was a murderer. You know, because <laughs> he, 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 he could shut that off and just go into worship mode and, and go in there and then go, pick up his sword and go out there and whack a hundred Philistines, you know, and, and come back in. And, and, but so you don't want it, you, you have to do what you have to do. And there has to be another male coming in there saying what you have to do. And, uh, you know, I thank God for my, my, my uncles and my cousins that came in. They couldn't really take the place of my dad. You know what I mean? But I didn't come out as bad as, as a lot of other people from from my from my from my generation. And, you know, and I, I have four boys and three girls. And then I just picked up another boy and girl into my house. So, you know, it's, I got five boys and four girls. And 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 the boys are all tell you in a minute that, you know, you know daddy don't let us do what we want to do. You know, what I mean, it's what we have to do, because I don't want them getting around and get into a situation where they get mad. And then they don't want to do certain things because of the way somebody made them feel. At my son's baseball game, to give you an example, uh, he was pitching. And the umpire wouldn't call corners. He would only call straight down the middle. And it frustrated him. And he got frustrated that he couldn't pitch his pitches. He had worked so long on, on getting the corners and, and, and getting the knees. And now this guy was only calling stuff straight down the middle. And so he got frustrated Start walking everybody, you know what I mean. Then got snatched, and so he's mad. He got snatched, and he's playing second base. He comes up the bat. He's just not in the game. He's done. He is mentally done. He is, he's done. And I told him, I said, "See, your mind ain't strong enough." I said, "Baseball is not physically demanding. You stand up. You stand still by yourself for t- t- over half the game. You know what I mean? I said, if you get two or three balls a game, you had a hot game. You know, I said." I said, so what happened? Your mind has to be strong for this poor son. I said, you do what you have to do. If he's calling strikes down the middle, you give him strikes down the middle. Why you kept trying to go for the corners? But it was a strike. It, it, that's not your call. It's his call. I said, so now you let him frustrate you because he wouldn't do what you wanted him to do. I said, he's in a he's an authority. You do what he say. If he says straight down the middle, then it better come straight down the middle. I say, but you let it take your whole game off. And that's how we get sometimes as as believers. You know, we, we start off wanting to do something. The numbers may be low. You know, uh, you know, people may not be responding to the gospel. You know, we may get criticized. And then we allow what they want to do to influence us and takes us off our square. We have to do what the master tells us to do. 
is what the king says. So we're going to take a break. We're coming up on a break right now. And, uh, you know, I just want you to understand that, you know, I'm appreciative to KKMS 980 AM for allowing us to be on the radio and I appreciate you listening. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about, you know, what is God wanting us to do with this world that we say is so messed up, you know, but yet we say God is the answer and the solution. But yet somehow the solution is not getting applied to the problem. Take care. He's being prepared to fight. That means there's going to be sleepless nights in this walk with Christ. Yeah, yeah. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. I'm Gary Borgendale, local ministry director of AM980 The Mission, and you can hear Chris Brown's True Stewardship every day at 2 p.m. on AM980 The Mission. I would like to personally invite all pastors to the 8th annual AM980 The Mission Pastors Appreciation Lunch on Thursday, May 12th at Banquets of Minnesota in Fridley with Chris Brown. It will be a wonderful afternoon of prayer, lunch, and fellowship. Reserve your spot right now at am980themission.com. Let's go! (laughs) You in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61, uh, radio program of Spirit of the Lord Ministry. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, and i uh, just uh, here talking about uh, just just rebuilding the ancient ruins. You know what I mean? You know, uh, uh, allowing uh, the gifts and talents that God has given you to get out there and, and repair cities, repair lives, repair organizations that have, that have been st- destroyed long ago. And the where it says in Isaiah, they will revive them though they have been deserted for many generations, you know, and, you know, in some contexts, as the family has, as we know it, has been deserted for a few generations. You know, I remember growing up and uh, watching TV and uh, all the shows, you know, had mommy and a daddy. And uh, <laughs> I think the first show that I really liked that didn't have a mommy and daddy was the Partridge family. You know, we got to see the mommy trying to raise all these kids and, they had their little musical ability, and they would go travel in a little colored bus and and uh, get out there. And then we saw the blended family and the Brady Bunch and and uh, going around. But it, now it's 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 way out. You know, I can't even describe nothing to you because I I very seldom uh, sit down and, and and watch watch television. I may watch um, like a, a, a video presentation or. A preaching thing or a, a, a movie or something like that, but not very rarely there. But even then, that that part is gone. And, and you know, so you have one of the hottest things that people love to do this time of year is weddings. Oh man, it's hot. You know, what I mean, from now all the way June, July, man, they're trying to book weddings in. I know a couple that decided they was gonna get married two years ago, but they're not having a wedding to this year because the venue that she dreamed about was not available until 2016. So they had to wait a year and a half. And I was like, I don't know how you wait a year and a half. 
no, we had to go to Jesse's of Peace, pass this off, and get this out the way because I'm not going to be that close to no pretty woman, and I'm not going to be keeping no godly thoughts in my mind if I know you mine. And I got to wait on a, a venue or a day, but that's how we are. The most popular magazine, 50 years running, is the wedding magazine. They all sells everything. You know, and, and yet we get into the ceremony, you know, and we do it physically, but spiritually in our hearts, you know, we're not tied to it. You know what I mean? We're, we're not tied to it. And and so the institution of family, it needs to be rebuilt. And, and what better person or what better group or what better group of people to rebuild a family than the ones who understand what family truly is? And that's the body of Christ. You know what I mean? And, and they, it needs rebuilding. You know, when we when we look at our community, when I look at my community, I'm just going to talk about my community. When I'm talking about from an urban standpoint, you know, we 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 have a, a lot of agendas, a lot of drama. But some of the things that you have to look at is that we have a low we have a low graduation rate. You know, we have a low graduation rate. And, uh, you know, and it's like I think Minneapolis is hovering around 44 percent, 52 percent, something like that. You know, overall, you know, going in there, uh, certain other people groups doing well. Whites and Asians about 77 percent, you know, uh, Hispanics and blacks and Native Americans really bring the average down. And uh, and so overall, it's like 40 some percent. And so that means 56 percent of these students are not graduating in four years. And so that means they don't possess certain tools and skills. But yet at the same time, you know, you know, due to certain desires, they're producing children. You know, what I mean, they're, they're producing children. I remember when I took my son to kindergarten, I saw two two people from my from a, a high school Bible study I had. Up there, and I said, "What y'all doing here? Y'all bring your little sister? No, I'm bringing my kid. That's my daughter. That's my son." I'm like, "And here I am. You know, I am. I'm. I'm 38 years old, bringing a five year old in the door, and they're 20 and 21 years old, bringing a five year old in the door." They asked me, "Was that my grandchild?" You know, what I mean, you know, we we have some ruins that need to be repaired. You know, what I mean, that that something that something needs to be understood. And and so, what when we go out there, we can't expect the whole world to fall out and just say, "What must I do to be saved?" You know, because along the way in line, we we've damaged some things over the gen- over the generations. Damaged our our reputation as being the answer because, you know, every every church or seemingly it's not like every believer has a different justification for the things that they do, and it's not biblical. You know what I mean? But it's more personal or social, and 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 the Bible no longer stands as that standard because people want to want to reason certain things away and say it's not for the day or this is for the day. And certain things are not for the day. You know what I mean? We're, we're not in an agricultural society, so our calendar doesn't match. You know, we ain't looking at the, the first harvest. The first, we don't even know what harvest is. We can't even plant a garden in the backyard. You know what I mean? So so it does, that that's not applicable. We can understand that. But, you know, there's other things lifestyle-wise, the things that God has. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he liked it then, he likes it today. And if he didn't like it then, he doesn't like it today. And, you know, but yet we go in and we find ways and we cannot even find consistency in the church. So if if, if you understand building, and if you understand building, you got to follow the blueprint. Everybody got to follow the blueprint. Nobody can say like, well, I don't like it that way. Right. The electrician got to follow the blueprint. The plumber got to follow the blueprint. The sheet rocker got to follow the blueprint. The carpenter. Gotta, everybody got to follow the blueprint because if anybody goes off on the blueprint, the project, it messes up everybody else. So in our rebuilding phase, and when we look like what we're rebuilding, you know, we didn't we didn't get into this mess that we're in in a generation, and we're not going to get out of it in a generation. And so while we're breaking out the Nintendos and the Fisher Price and the Play Schools and everything else, 
you know, for our kids to play with, we also need to be breaking out the blueprint. And we need to teach them the blueprint. And we need to teach them the blueprint that they can understand that what the next phase is in this development, that we can restore, that we can rebuild, and, and, and we can and, uh, this restore, rebuild, and reclaim that things that were lost, you know, by us straying away from God and not following God's ways and God's word. You know what I mean? I, I just want to encourage you. Sit down with your family. You know, you know, as you plan your days, what you want to do this summer, you know, you want to plan some little hot dog feast in the backyard for the families in the neighborhood, or you want to do some things to, to pull people in that, that they can just sit around and get to know you and get to see your family. Or you may want to do a little bit more one-on-one with other other people or families and people at your work or something like that. I'm encourage you to do that. You know what I mean? Because we have to be salt and light. And, and, and salt and light doesn't do any good unless it's applied to where it needs to be put on. If you don't cut the light on the dark room, the room stay dark. You don't put that salt on that food. Oh, Lord, it's going to taste like <laughs> it's going to taste like something. But we that's what we have to do. You know what I mean? You know, God is calling us for that. Uh, he created us for that. He left us here for that. If it was all about praising and shouting and, and going to Bible study and learning more about God, he would have took us straight to heaven the day we got converted. You know what I mean? But we're here to rebuild. You know what I mean? Someone took the time to, to rebuild my life. And I, in turn, have taken the time to invest in others' lives. And I'm challenging you today to get out there and rebuild a life, rebuild a program, rebuild a city, rebuild your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.